There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, 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 yes. Welcome into the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network. It is questions from the audience. I'm in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Ryan Kelly is climbing a mountain in Ecuador this week. And I want to tell the audience that what Ryan uh, said on the morning after last week when he joined us talking about Uh, why he raises money for charities, why he climbs mountains to raise money was one of my favorite segments in recent show history. Uh, It was so genuine. And um, and, and I understand, I think most people, and and I would include myself in this category, uh, would think of uh, people, especially business people or athletes or entertainers, and they do the charity thing and it's like, okay, part of it's, good, but then part of it's because they want the attention and the promotion for it. And I get that. And then the ends justifies the means. But uh, Ryan is pure in his motives. And um, that day, he was on our show talking about Alec Ingram, who is a young man who uh, was diagnosed with bone cancer four years ago. Ryan befriended him. And Ryan was on our show talking about him at around 7.45 in the morning. And uh, at 2.20 that afternoon, Alec passed away. And um, he had been in, in, in really poor health over the last couple of weeks. But um, Ryan was there for him. And Ryan told the story of why it's so important for him to give back and... I've been around Ryan when it's just the two of us, whether it be on a phone conversation or whether it be in person. The story I told was after game six of the Blues and Bruins Stanley Cup final, we're uh, either walking back to the car or we're in the car, and Ryan's like, oh, I got to call Alec. And I'm going, oh, okay. I'm thinking, who's Alec? And and he just called Alec, and Alec didn't pick up. It's whatever, 10.30 or so at night. And he just wants to leave him a message, just tell me thinking about him, wishes he could have gone to the game. And I'm just like, man, that's that's real. There's no cameras around. He didn't know. I don't even know if he knew I was aware of what he was doing. I have a great deal of respect for that. I really do. Um, and I guess this unintentionally turned into a HomeLoanExpert.com commercial. But it's 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 kind of the theme. It's kind of the mindset I'm in on today's questions from the audience. It's It might be more shooting from the hip than normal. Maybe I have to be careful here. Uh, maybe uh, Gangster Pete will have to bring out the shears and edit this. But uh, eventually, not this part, but I just, I have a great deal of admiration for that. Um, It's real. It's not, hey, we'll send out a press release. Ryan's going to be giving, you know, away this amount of money. Everybody come gather around and tell Ryan how great he is and do business with him because of it. It's just kind of who he is. And I, uh, in considering the way he talked in that segment, how it resonated with our audience, that was... um, it was memorable and it was just a real positive force amidst a tragic circumstance. 
And um, I was grateful for that. Um, and then, I don't know, 12 hours later, something that was born out of um, a question from the audience segment from last week, which is weird how this happens. As I've said before, it's like a family tree of questions. One question leads to another discussion, which then leads to another question from the audience. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com is where you can send your questions anytime. Any question is welcome. Any criticism, welcome. Um, criticism of me, criticism of the show, whatever. Criticism of TMA, criticism, whatever. It's fine. It's free for all. Um, not making it personal gives, in my opinion, the the argument a little more credibility. But whatever, you know, who knows? Uh, certainly, you can hell, you can you can win elections by getting personal. So, uh, who is to say what is right and wrong? But I'm just telling you that's where I'm coming from. But um, I had talked about somebody had sent in an email last week asking about the possibility of me interviewing my wife uh, for one of the interviews. And I said, ah, I don't know on that. And I kind of went into this whole thing on, as a Howard Stern fan, I've uh, I, I've kind of tuned out the segments where Beth, his wife, will come in. Uh, not that that's a often, you know, that that's happening every other week or anything. And I just kind of feel like it's awkward for the staff. Um and probably the listeners are like, oh, God. So I don't know on that. But then at the same time, more and more people said, no, I'd love to hear from Anna Marie. And I'm like, okay, I mean, if you if you really want it, I mean, I certainly can do it. And I think she's willing to do it. But the one that, that has been brought up a number of times, and I'm really surprised by it, uh, just because this has never been brought up by me. Uh, well, it wasn't initially brought up by me, and then it comes up, and people is, is interviewing my dad. Um and my dad is kind of the source of a running joke on the show, which is he's responsible for my career and my jobs and so on and so forth and owns the station, the parking lots and all these things. But I think listeners to the show can kind of get a sense that he is um, uh, a character. And by that, I'm not talking about like Big Al calling into the show is a character on the show. Like my dad is a character, which he is. Um, infinitely more entertaining than me. I assure you that if you had a chance to spend 15 minutes with me and 15 minutes with my dad, it would be 100%. I would rather spend more time with Tim's dad than Tim. Not a doubt in my mind, 100% on that. Um, and I like that. I, 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 I would prefer it be that way. Um, it, it's just, as I've said, anytime that gets talked about, it's, God, we're going to wind up, it's going to wind up, we're going to get emotional. But I was saying, and I guess I spent more time on it last week than I have in the past because it was just kind of a train of thought. And I've thought about it and I thought, well, you know what? It'll be great for my son, for my brother Danny's daughters, and for my brother Kevin's son to hear his life story. Um, And so even if I'm uncomfortable with the idea of interviewing him and the inevitable emotions that are going to come um, for my son and Danny's daughters and Kevin's son um, and anybody else who would want to hear from him will always have that. Um, and I, and it brought me back to interviewing Jay Randolph senior and how grateful Jay Randolph junior was for it. Not because it was some validation of his dad's career that I think goes without saying that the man has had an incredible career, but 
that he'll always have that, you know? Um, and then it got me to, man, how great would it be if I like had an interview with one of my grandfathers or one of my grandmothers or like my dad back in the 1980s and what he's thinking is now he's the father of three kids and he's the general sales manager at KPLR TV or uh, my mom as she's, you know, pursuing a master's in theater at Indiana or, or you know, shit, I don't, whomever. Anybody, anybody I'm close to, you know, or or me and my buddies, like my my friends, like my close friends were like four of us at St. Gabriel's uh, in 1990. And I always remember and just interviewing us then and just being like, holy shit, or interviewing me, Martin and the cat at the start of the morning grind. You know, so it isn't it isn't limited to people who are in their, you know, 70s or 80s or 90s. It can just because I love if you listen to this podcast, you probably know this now. Um, I love doing interviews, but it isn't just, I need to interview, take your pick of hall of fame athlete or U S Senator or, you know, media personality. It's not that it's, I'm intrigued in general. I just, it's just like, like today I interviewed Mark Montavani. Great interview. Great interview. And I'm not saying because I was anything special. Hell, I I've probably talked 10% of the time. If that. But I could just listen. That's what I like to do. Tomorrow I'm interviewing Smash. Um, and then on uh, Wednesday, I'm, I'm recording this on Monday, I'm interviewing Courtney Bryant, who's about to head to Atlanta, leaving St. Louis, as not that it was really surprising that she was going to get bigger opportunities. Courtney, in my opinion, Courtney Bryant's going to run the world at some point. So um, I I just I love I just love having conversations with people. It's it, that's it's my high at this point in my life. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm just like, that's what gets me going. And so I was posting about this on the TMA fan page as I kind of wandered through this in questions from the audience, because to my surprise, I started getting emails with people asking me to do it. Like they wanted me to interview this person, their, their mother or their father, or their, one was a mother-in-law, um, their grandfather. And I'm like, wow, this has turned into something that, that, that candidly, my analogy for questions from the audience is, and this is actually kind of the case with the morning after too, and Doug and the cat can attest to this. We sit there for three hours, or in the case of questions from the audience, you know, 60, 90 minutes, and just bullshit. And then we get done, and it's kind of like it's, it's in the rearview mirror and don't really think about it. I mean, just for real, like I couldn't tell you what we talked about in the morning after today. I really couldn't. We talked about Missouri football. I'm sure the plow hawk went about Illinois football and Michigan state. And I, I have, I really have no idea what else we talked about. Bizarre. Same deal with questions from the audience. And so my analogy is it's like back in the day, or if you're still doing this, God bless when you'd get drunk and then you'd wake up and then you'd have a text message or something reminding you, because like for the first two minutes of being awake, you're like, ah, what the hell? And then you look at your phone and then it's a reminder of what you did. And you're like, oh, shit, I forgot about that. So I'm getting these emails and I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot about that. Not in a bad way. I'm just like, oh, yeah, that was just kind of a stream of consciousness. Like I discovered a an idea <laughs> While while answering a question about interviewing my wife on the podcast, which then led to me talking about how people have requested me to interview interview my dad, and then I just kind of stumbled into, man, I would really love to just be able to, you know, on my phone someday, uh, you know, or on a time where I have a long drive, 
and just hear an interview with, you know, somebody who, you know, I love who is no longer around or somebody I love and their mindset 20 years ago or me and my group of friends after we just did something, you know, what I, like, like that's what I'm saying because that, that popped up. Guys are going to Las Vegas for a bachelor party and they want to be able to tell the story but have it be interview, have, have me interview them and then have it be recorded. And I'm like, that's, I love that because I'm going to sit there and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to know anybody, but it's just going to be a conversation. I listen to these podcasts. I was listening to one. I'll, I'll tell you what it is because because this this will be getting back to uh, my roots, and I think it, it leads to one of the questions that'll be coming up here in questions from the audience. Um, it's Holly Randall's podcast, and she interviews adult stars. And I'm sure you're like, God, you're so, you just a minute. I start to think that you're this wonderful husband and father. Then you remind me that you're a creep. Uh, I mean, I think I think it can. I, I know it can all exist because I think that uh, I'm a pretty decent uh, husband and father. But I also am enamored by the adult film community. I can't tell you why. I just know that I am, and here we are. So I listen to this podcast. The interviews are pretty good. The guests are really good because if you're comfortable fucking on in front of a camera, odds are you're going to be comfortable doing an interview, which is wonderful. Um, but I feel like Holly oftentimes inserts herself into the interview and it's it's kind of like if I were interviewing whatever Mark Montavani's who I interviewed earlier today and he's talking about you know whatever some particular issue with St. Louis and I go yeah and then one time Mark I had I had it where I had three parking tickets and they and I knew that they were wrong but they wouldn't take my phone call and he might just be like yeah that's great but I was running for St. Louis County Executive and you know, and this happened and this happened and the guy I lost to by 1100 votes is now in jail. It's like, yeah, you're the story. I'm interviewing you, you know, the questions from the audience is, is my time to, to feed my, uh, my insatiable ego. But, uh, when I'm interviewing somebody, you, you tune in, you, the listener tune in to hear what they have to say. And listen, I'm gonna have a conversation with them, but I'm gonna get the fuck out of the way. So that's the same way I would approach this if, if people, and I guess it's already happened now, want me to um, interview their whatever, themselves or their loved ones or whatever. I, I don't care. I don't care who I could interview somebody who's 18 who's debating whether or not to pursue this or that. I don't care. I love that. I could do that all day long. I could do that all day long. I could, I, for real. I could do it all day long. Every time. It's like Manavani today. We're wrapping up. And I go, God, I think I went long again. He's like, yeah, I know. He told me it'd be a half hour, but I've already done interviews with you. I know there's no way. And I'm like, yeah, there you go. It's just, it's a, because I, I can't, I can't get enough. I can't get enough. I, if anything, I cut myself off artificially because otherwise I'm going to keep asking questions. So point in bringing this up, if you are interested in, in this, uh, me interviewing whomever for your own, this, this is for your own personal you know, God, I mean, I would email me at team at inside stl.com. If I don't say that, I'll go off on another tangent. We'll never get to the, the whole point. And it's thrilling that people want me to do it because it was it, you, you. If you listened last week, you heard me stumble into this uh, hell like an hour into the podcast. So if I can do something and uh, and, you know, it, it's it, I suppose potentially some form of a business and it brings people something that they can't get anywhere else. I mean, I realize other people can conduct an interview. Um, but if you think that I can do a good job with the interview and we can put that together for you and it's something you will always have and it means a lot to you, um, 
for what I think is a, a reasonable amount of money, um, then that's a that's a great thing. You know, I I I'd imagine we can uh, we can go to wherever you would like us to go and set up shop and talk it over and away we go. So um, I don't know, man. I, I I'm I'm excited by it because I'm excited to do it, and I'm thrilled that people think enough of the way that I have conversations on this thing to uh to want me to interview the people who are most important to them in their lives i mean that's a that's a that's an honor that's a that's that's one of the 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 ultimate compliments so um if you're interested god bless america email me tmckernan at insidestl.com i like it this week i'm like okay i got tma and then i get to interview mark monavani it's not oh i have to interview mark monavani and then i got tma on tuesday and then i get to interview smash and then I have TMA on Wednesday, and then I get to interview Courtney Bryant. Um, and then I was supposed to have on Thursday lunch with Jack Danforth, and I was thinking, oh, maybe while I'm there, I'll um, see if he wants to, to record an interview in his office afterwards. But had to have to reschedule um, that. But I mean, I'm just like I'm. I'm, I consider all of this stuff just run good, and by that it's a term, poker term, which I still use. Although I've been playing some poker lately, and I'm kind of disappointed in myself, and I think my wife's disappointed in me. But I, it's a term meaning the cards are hitting you. You're getting good cards. You're not running bad. So I consider myself running good on this stuff. Um, and if people think enough of of the interviewing style, the conversation, I think would probably be a better way to describe it. That they want me to interview their loved ones, or them and their friends, or whomever them and their wife, their mother, their father, whatever. Um, and they can always have that and they'll have it 25 years from now or in a time in a year when they just want to hear that person's voice or they, you know, their one year old may never get a chance to really get to know this person. Um, and they pass on and here's their life story. God, I would, I would love that. I would love, I would love it for my own personal, um, historical lesson in love of the people in my family. But, um, you know, it's like I said, it's an honor that people are interested in, in doing it. Again, something that if you listen to this thing, you, you heard me stumble into last week. Um, and it was weird because I posted about it, and I'm kind of like, God, I hope that this doesn't come off like I am such a wonderful interviewer that I will lend my service to you commoners and interview you common people as opposed to the superstars I'm used to interviewing. Because you never know how something's going to come off. I know where my my heart is when I'm posting it, and I know where my mind is, but if I one word and then the first post can then dictate the responses. But fortunately, it went over really well, which is thrilling because it's something I'm truly interested in doing and like I said it's it, listen obviously I want to make money the, the, you know the, the, I always will I'm never going to hide that however uh it's not necessarily something I'm going oh good now I can get that that home in Jupiter because of this it's something that you know it, it, there's time and there's production and so on but if it leads to something that um can mean something to people you know like tma people say it means something to them i'm like god it's just the six of us fucking off but that it mean it means something to you then it means something because it's something you share with your family or your friends and then it's something you laugh about or whatever you talk about it means something even though we're sitting there going we're just fucking off for this for it always to be kind of my my analogy is it's an audio photograph you will always have it and um and you can 
listen to either yourselves in this moment, you know, you and your fiance before you get married, you and your kid, whatever. I don't care. I'll just sit there and just listen, you know, and, you know, I want, obviously I need notes. I need background, but, um, that's how it is with any interview. It's a conversation. So, um, anyway, if you're interested, T McKernan and inside STL.com. All right. We got questions. It's questions from the audience. How do you do? How do you do? What do we have? And what do we have? You know, James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency is my insurance agent. So this is a first-hand endorsement of James Carlton and his staff in Webster Groves. 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. I think a lot of people just go, okay, well, I've got a guy. I've got a lady. I'm good. I don't really care to talk about insurance. It's something, you know, I'm 25, whatever. And that's fine. I understand. I used to think the same way. And then I go down to my basement on March 30th of 2019 and the basement's flooded and the world changes. It just so happens because my interactions with James have been so positive that my wife and I switched to James Carlton uh, in late 2018. And I'm telling you, if we had not, the odyssey that has been a flooded basement throughout all of this precipitation in St. Louis would have been infinitely more difficult to navigate without somebody as active. And on top of it is James Carlton. His phone number is 314-961-4800, or you can go online at carltoninsurance.net. And even now, he still checks in. You know, I mean, it's it's just a different ball game. And even before we had that, which, of course, was a substantial issue, um, you know, we weren't covered on, on something, or I've forgotten to make a payment. It wasn't like it was like some monster payment. It was a small payment. But he's like, hey, just so you know, uh, you haven't made this payment. We want to make sure that's taken care of so you're covered. It's just... It's, it's just different. It's different in a much better way. And that's why, you know, if, if you ran into me at a, at a bar or restaurant and said, hey, you know, and I have had it happen. Hey, Tim, who's that insurance agent? People email me. And I go, oh, it's James Carlton. Here, let me include him on the, on the email. And I know he's going to be on top of it. I don't think twice about it. It's not like I'm like, oh, yeah, let me tell you about him. And then somebody actually wants to follow up. And I'm like, oh, God, I hope he does okay. The best, the absolute best. And you're talking about your biggest investments, so you want to make sure they're taken care of properly. James Carlton and his staff at Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency will certainly do that. 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm. I will start off with the fan page post because I feel like I've neglected the fan page the last few questions from the audience. Um, and I did not review these in advance with any thoroughness, minus one, which I thought was going to be uh, a good one. Uh, if you were given authority to change any single rule in any sport, what would it be? God, and then right away, I regret not reviewing this um, because then I would have given me a chance to give a better answer, and then I do this thing where I him and I haw, and, uh, and you skip forward. <sighs> I feel like there's got to be an obvious one. Some of you guys got to be screaming at your. I don't know if this is this is rule because I feel like you're talking about uh, Danny is like an official or an umpire's call. But college football, and Jeremy Macklin and I talked about this. The five Power Five conferences, their conference champions, get in, and then three at larges, and one of the at larges. Um, can be or has to be from um, 
one of the non-Power Fives. Um, so therefore, you could have UCF in there. And they play the number four seed. I saw Jim Harbaugh write something about this. Um, so the, so and then and then the committee seeds the teams. So, but whoever is the the non, um, you know, Power Five school is is the five. So they're playing the four, and you have one versus eight, two, seven, three, six, four, five. And then you get to where we are now, which is four. And then that way there is an absolute clear path for almost every school um, to get to play for the national championship. Uh, and and then, it, then it gives some importance to the conference championships, which right now are actually, I think, oftentimes things that knock teams out of the college football playoff. Um, for example, if we want to bring it close to home, if Missouri didn't have to play in the Big 12 championship game in 2007, they're playing for the national championship. So um, that's that's something that I feel strongly about. Um, God, I, feel, I, I don't want the designated hitter in the National League. I really don't. I love the strategy of the National League. I really do. I also recognize I'm in the minority. Um I didn't want interleague play. I don't want interleague play now. And I was, I think, right in the sense that it was everybody's like in the first few years, oh, my God, who didn't want interleague play? And then after a while, you're like, oh, here are the Twins again. Oh, here's the Tigers again. It was, boy, there's really nothing special about this interleague play. You have to have some foresight. And so, if anything, I think interleague play is taken away from the All-Star game. I don't think it's a coincidence that the All-Star game, they started grasping for shit. They used the tie as the excuse, um, you know, five years after the league play started. And I recognize players play in both leagues at this point. But um, it also, I think, takes away from the significance of the World Series. It's, you know, oh, the Nationals and Astros, uh, you know, otherwise never seeing each other outside of right across from the spring training complex in Palm Beach Gardens. But, um, you know, I, I I realize that's 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 perhaps antiquated, but that's where I am on it. Oh, God, I don't know. I was watching because I was betting on shit this weekend, some football, and it just drives me up the wall, the absolute wall of how with football you see, in my case, because I'm a Missouri fan, so there wasn't exactly a sweat on the Georgia game. Actually, I had Georgia minus 22 and a half. I live bet them, so I did have a sweat. But as far as the outcome, there really wasn't much of a sweat. Um, where you think somebody scored a touchdown, and then like 10 seconds later, and there's a flag on the play. I don't know what the solution to that is. But God, not only does it drive me up the wall and kill momentum, or it can be a boost if it's your team, but I still don't like it. It also just invites, you know, my opinion, shadiness, or at least questions for shadiness. Oh, there was a hold, conveniently. And it was going to be a hold on every play. So there's that. I'm just trying to go through. I would love it, even though it actually goes against my principles, but I would love it if somehow college basketball could could experience a resurgence Um I don't know what the best solution for that is because I think if somebody can play in the NBA, they should be allowed to play in the NBA, and I don't care how old they are. But, God, the one and done just creates – it's just like, oh, Kentucky's good. Who are their players? Okay, who are their players this year? I have no idea. I just – it just – I couldn't care 
any less. My interest in college basketball is so minimal. And it doesn't even, I just don't think it's, it's people will say, well, what if SLU or what if Mizzou gets good? And I'm just like, yeah, I mean, SLU made a run. They got to the tournament last year, but it, it, it didn't, doesn't change the fact that I couldn't care any less. I thought I couldn't care less about the NHL's regular season. I couldn't care any less about college, but at least with the NHL, I'm like, okay, you know, there's, you know, Petrangelo and, you know, ideally Steen and Tarasenko, obviously both hurt now. But I can get into it, especially after the Blue Stanley Cup run. But I'm still, in the whole scheme of things, I know if the Blues are the one seed or the eight seed, I feel like they have just as good a chance to win the Stanley Cup. It doesn't matter. That drives me up the wall. And then people say, well, the NBA is the same way. And I'm like, ah, eight seeds don't win NBA championships. Five seeds don't win NBA championships. And if they do, and you want to call me on it, I apologize. The premise being it's usually the one, two, or three that's going to be in the NBA Finals. So the regular season means something even if it might be long and drawn out and guys are just sitting out and hanging out as the, as Kawhi Leonard is right now. But uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Is maybe golf, since golf's what I care about the most right now. Is there anything in golf? I guess you could get into the, the distance thing, but I just don't think that's, that's a realistic thing. It's like Bernie Sanders talking about paying for college for everybody. It's not realistic. I mean, you can say it and it sounds good, but it's not realistic. Um, so yeah, I, I, the college football thing is the thing I feel most strong about, most strongly about. I apologize. This happens every damn time with questions in the audience. I get Marco Rubio and I got to get the water out. Oh, wow. How about this one? Why don't my emails get read? My texts never get through. I can't seem to get a text moniker to stick. Why don't you love me? Spend an hour on that, please. Thanks in advance. Uh, I don't know. I don't have a good answer to that. It's a great question. Great series of questions. Uh, this question has been answered. I guess you might be talking about TMA, though. I, I I don't think, and part of me is like, oh, I'd love to show the listeners the text inbox, but then people would see phone numbers, so I can't do that. But the number of texts that come in for TMA, I think, would blow you away. Um, and if you listen, and you listen religiously to the radio show, oftentimes you'll hear me in the middle of a text, and then I stop, and that's because they keep coming in and then the screen refreshes and I've lost the text and they just keep going down my monitor. And so I have to go down to find them. Um, so there's no picking and choosing as far as emails go. Uh, Gangster Pete orders them. And, um, and so there is a filter there, but on the text there's, there's not a filter, but um, I try to make sure to read the ones that I think are either going to entertain or provoke a discussion. Thoughts on the president's cup team. Uh, honest answer is no. Uh, I don't. I don't get into the President's Cup, um, and I'm happy that Tiger's the captain and Tiger's playing, but truthfully, I just I have zero interest in it, and that's just an honest answer. It's not meant to be sass. Uh, Brad, um, I see you're a dog avatar, but you're a dog avatar with a child, so therefore you are a real human being, But uh, and I tip my cap. I just honestly, I don't have thoughts on the President's Cup team. I, I, Ryder Cup, I'm in. President's Cup, I'm just not in. I'll watch it, but it's just not the same deal to me. Two-part. Now, here's, once again, to me, recaps, who really should just be like a co-host of the thing at this point, because he just comes up with great questions every week, and he did here, and this was the one that I, I read in advance, but I forgot what it was because I read it a few hours ago. Um... And the question is two-parter. And having a three-hour show, five days a week, I think it's fair to say you've gained a level of visibility and familiarity with your listeners and perhaps in the community. You've mentioned dreading Facebook Messenger notifications because you know X out of Y times. 
it's going to be something burdensome. Additionally, you've made your personal email, DMs, Facebook, favorite golf courses, and where you live fairly accessible. What frustrations come with that territory, if any? Along the same lines, being on the air 15 hours a week plus an additional two to three in various podcasts or online digital forums, your listeners and the public feel like they know you. Based on the 20 or so hours of content you put out per week, are there any sentiments or publicly held opinions about you that you find yourself having to push back against? This is so astute. Um, I, I, so I, I can delve into, I feel like I could do in a podcast on this because uh, there's, there's a bunch of different layers to it. So I'm going to revisit in, in, in piece by piece here. And having a three-hour show five days a week, I think it's fair to say you've gained a level of visibility and familiarity with your listeners and perhaps in the community. You've mentioned dreading Facebook Messenger notifications because you know X out of Y times it's going to be something burdensome. So on that, um, just for clarification purposes, you know, I can turn off Facebook Messenger and eliminate that, but I want to make myself accessible. That's why I give out my email address. Um, That's why I've opened my DMs on Twitter, which is really the place that if there's a place to not do it, it would be there. But... um, on the Facebook Messenger thing, the first few years of it, and it didn't happen like hundreds of times, but it definitely was double digits where there'd be a big game, and it doesn't matter if it's the Cardinals, Blues, even back in the day, Rams, although I don't know if they had any big games since I had a Facebook account, and I'm actually being serious about that. So I created a Facebook account in 2008. I don't think the Rams had a relevant game from 2008 until they moved. Um, Cardinals, Rams, Blues, Missouri, whatever. And it would just be, I hate passive-aggressive. I hate passive-aggressive. And this isn't passive-aggressive. It's just indirect. And it would be, hey, Tim, I got, you know, my, you know, family wants to go to that Cardinal game. Do you know anybody with tickets? And I knew what they were doing. And it's just like, I'm, I, I am, um, I don't know. I don't know. I would say I'm weak or some might say I'm sensitive. I don't know which one it is. That if somebody did lay something out and they're like, is there any way you can get us tickets? I might be prone to do it. For real. I don't know if I should say this or not. Um, But when you do it that way, which I know what you're doing, but you don't have the balls to ask it, then I'm just like, you know, come on, man. And um, so I've... uh, so I want to be clear on that. That's that's the source of the Facebook DM thing because it's not. I mean, let me pull up my Facebook DMs here. Um, really, they're 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 pretty uh, for the most part concise because you know hate mail um, is uh, you know something that somebody will send and they don't want to track to them. So Facebook, unless they've created a fake account, which certainly goes on. You know, so it's usually a good communication. Um, so that's the, the, and again, if I if I wanted to avoid it, I could I could just turn it off. But I want to be accessible. So uh, with regard to that, addressing Facebook Messenger, uh, Timmy recaps goes on to say. Additionally, you've made your personal email, DMs, Facebook, favorite golf courses, and where you live fairly accessible. What frustrations come with that territory? So the personal email, that's important to me. And that's something that goes back to when it was T. McKernan at Hotmail.com, which still exists, by the way. Um, And it goes back to an interview I saw with Mark Cuban, or maybe it was an interview I read with Mark Cuban, in which he talked about 
um, reading and responding to every email he received. And in a way, I almost wish I wouldn't have read that interview because now it's like I've, I've got like a 20 plus year streak of reading and responding to every email I get. Uh, but I should edit that. I don't want to say every, It's it, but it's 95 plus percent. That's That I'm very comfortable with saying. So if you don't get a response, it's either gone to junk mail, which I think is tough to do with Team McKern at InsideSTL.com, but I guess it can happen. Or it's a case of, you know, fuck off. So, um, and you've you've earned that in some capacity because I will respond, I believe, politely because I know that these things get screenshotted and passed around, so I'm not going to give anybody any artillery. Um, that... Uh, that, you know, I'm going to answer politely even when somebody motherfucking me. Although I have to say that that really has has, has gone away, uh, not entirely by any means. Got one last week. Uh, was mad that I posted Abigail Mack in my questions from the audience post on the fan page. I'm like, wow. I mean, it really? I, I almost wasn't sure if it was a parody. Um, because if you're a member of the fan page and here's a picture of a fully clad woman, but she's an adult film star and you're offended and you're going to send me an email, it just struck me as very odd that you're a member of the fan page. But whatever, I digress. They still come. They just don't come as frequently. Um, and I think that's because now with the different varieties of programming, I guess especially, I actually would say 101's existence, that if those that 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 kind of audience um, that just has to have hardcore sports and nothing but sports, they have a place to go, which is great. Uh, I don't really want them, so because uh, I don't want to do that. So I did. So it's great. I don't have to hear about it. It's like, how come you haven't gotten to the Blues yet? Or God, the Cardinals did this. How come you haven't talked about that? I don't know. I don't know, man. We talk about what we want to talk about. And fortunately, there's enough people who like it that we can do it. But if somebody said, hey, I'm going to double your salary, for real, I'm dead serious on this. If somebody said, I'm going to double your salary, but you can only talk sports, I'm out. I'm out. I know that might sound like bullshit, but I'm telling you I'm out. I'd love for somebody to put me to the test on it. I'm out. You can put me to the test. You can say, we offered him this, but he wouldn't take it. I'm out. Can't do it. Can't fake my way through that shit. Can't do it. But if somebody said, you got to do a show by yourself, I want to keep doing TMA ideally, but you got to do a show by yourself, but you can wander through it like you do with questions from the audience and we'll pay you. I'm in on that, but you got it. But, but then I can talk about whatever I'm in on that. But if I got to talk sport, it'd be fucking terrible. It'd be terrible. There's a God, I don't want to say there's there's got to be a thousand people, many of whom aren't even in sports casting in the market within a 25 mile radius of me right now who could do that better. That's just not where I am anymore. I don't know if it ever was where I was, you know, but uh, so I've wanted to make myself accessible. So that's why I give out my email. Um, That's important to me. That that's an important thing. The DMs thing, I opened them up during the Blue Stanley Cup thing when I had a bunch of tickets for Game 6 and I haven't closed them. But for the most part, I maybe get just a handful a week, and for the most part, they're they're benign. Facebook, uh, totally comfortable with that. Favorite golf courses, I don't know on that. I mean, I, I don't know how that's necessarily, I might be missing the relevance of that um, to this part of it, but maybe I'm... Uh, uh, and where I live, I, I mean, I live in Kirkwood, but I haven't given out the address. Unfortunately, we've had a couple scenarios in which people have uh, come by. That's awkward and uncomfortable for my family. 
but uh, not the specific address. Ryan Kelly's the home loan expert, and he is the sponsor of our studios here on the Tim McKernan Show. Without him, we don't have a podcast, so make sure you're supporting our sponsor, Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. And with interest rates dropping and this being home buying season, this is a prime time to get in and get yourself a great rate and lock in. Or if you want to refinance, now's the time to do so. Ryan Kelly's the person to do it with. He is online at thehomeloanexpert.com. Ryan Kelly, the studio sponsor of this program. Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. What frustrations come with that territory, if any? Well, just I should have answered, I should have answered or read the whole question before giving the answer. When you have somebody taking a picture of your house and sending it to you, you know what they're trying to do. Um, I had one incident in which a gentleman talked about seeing my wife in the front yard and what she was wearing. Um, that was uncomfortable, as you might imagine. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I Here's something, and I think I've talked about it a little bit, and I don't know what this is about. So I, I, I welcome theories on it because... I would say if, if, if I'm talking popularity on TMA, like approval ratings, so to speak, or if, if there was a poll, who is, the, who is your favorite person on the morning after? It would be, and it would be a landslide, Doug. Like, I, I, don't, even, I don't even know. I don't even know what the breakdown would be. It would be a landslide for real. Um, I think Iggy might actually be second, um, and then after that, I, then it, then I then at that point I don't even know where it would go, um, and I and I think uh, again, not intended to be self indulgent, but inevitably it'll be thought to be. But I, hopefully you can just believe me. But whatever, I this is this is coming from a sincere place, uh, living uh, and dying by uh, listening to Howard Stern. I would tell you that on that show, when Artie was a part of it, that Howard wasn't the most popular person. He might not be the most popular person now without Artie on it, Um, but he's kind of the necessary ringmaster. Um, And and so, um, drawing a parallel, not by any means saying, I'm like Howard Stern. Isn't that the greatest? Listen to me talk about how great I am. Or the show is as big as Howard Stern's. I'm well aware of the the, 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 the monster uh, gap uh, in between the, uh, the person and the show. So I want to make that crystal clear. But we do, you know, have a, a certain, I mean, we have a format that's similar as do a billion other radio shows once he did what he did, which is we're just going to bullshit. Um... And then when I do interviews, it's it's usually on the podcast. We don't really do the interviews that I do on the radio show because we couldn't. Uh, and you go, why couldn't you? Well, because there's five other people on the show, and it's not just about me having a conversation with one person. And the person's going to conduct himself or herself differently when he's in a group setting live on the radio. It's just it's just the way that it is. So I digress. I th- I've I've had this conversation with a couple of listeners. Um who've become friends and, 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 and because they become friends, they become privy to some of the weird shit that me and, or my wife have dealt with. And the reason I bring up the popularity of Doug and the popularity of Iggy, um, certainly being ahead of the popularity of me is 
Doug and Iggy don't deal with the weird shit that I do or that me and Anna Marie have. Uh, and I don't want to overstate it like Anna Marie gets all kinds of weird shit, but there's just some stuff that, that has happened that's uncomfortable. Um, but certainly me. And in what seems to be, um, I don't know. I mean, we've certainly had stalker-ish situations, obsessive-ish interactions. And one of the theories from one of these people is I make myself accessible and then therefore people believe that they know me and if I block them from some social media outlet or I uh, do something that they don't like, they feel um, cut off. And I'm going, wow, that's really digging into it. But I would say that there might be something to that. I don't know. I really, I truly don't know. Um, Because as far as like being out in public, I am, at least of the hosts, the least accessible. And I'm not talking about because I have security around me. It's just, I don't, I don't really do, especially now with a son. I mean, I'm hanging out with Anna Marie and, and our son. I don't know when the last time I've been drunk is. I don't know if I've been drunk in 2019. I don't really have any interest in going out and drinking in St. Louis, candidly. Um, part of that, it's got nothing to do with, like, St. Louis, I can't do it because it's not good enough for me. It's because if I'm getting drunk in St. Louis, as many of you parents can understand, it's not the, the way it was, especially I got an extra 15 years out of it when a lot of people are having kids in their mid-20s. I got to fuck off for another 15 years until I had a kid at 40 where we'd get fucked up. And I could sleep until whatever, and then I could just sit on the couch and go, and eat whatever and have zero responsibility the next day. That, of course, is no longer the case. So, you know, if we're out of town, we're away from our son, or when we're in Florida, Anna Marie's parents live with us, and so I have the opportunity to uh, to to get fucked up. So I'm, and my, my premise is I'm really not out um, all that often. So this is more of like a... Uh, social media interaction so I don't know that's a theory on it but I like it but I prefer it I you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater in other words like in times in the past and it hasn't happened in a long time so now inevitably I've just invited it I've almost challenged somebody to do it when the fan page was a real headache uh, a real headache um it's like, okay, fuck it. And people are just like shut it down it's causing too much you got this person showing up here and doing this and that shut it down and I'm like, yeah, but I mean, we'd be shutting it down because of like 10 people out of whatever we have, 7,100 or 7,200 people. Why would we do that? You know, or get rid of Twitter, you know, and it's like, why well, now ha- I, I can, you know, even though I hardly ever tweet, I can contact 25,000 people instantaneously. So the juice is worth the squeeze. It really is. And it's also kind of how the show has been built, which is audience interaction. So, it, so my answer to it is it comes with the territory. I've, I've invited it, and I did it. And so, you know, and, and I could also end it by not making myself accessible. And, you know, it's like I was listening to uh, Kristen Stewart on Howard Stern. Um, I really, I, I really, I already, I already liked her. Because I'm attracted to her, which uh, she's beautiful. Uh, 
But then she just has like this, it's a, it's her personality that makes her more attractive to me. And some of you are like, dude, really? But I'm, that, this is my, this is, this is where I am. And then I listen to the interview. I'm like, man, even more so. Cause she's kind of like, this is who I am. And you know, like it. Okay. And so Howard was talking about how he's got, you know, how she came out and it could have killed her career, which is weird to think. But five years ago, it might have, which is weird, which I guess is great that five years later, it's like kind of like not a big deal as a leading actress. Um, and she and, and Howard's like, I've got I've got to name 20 people who I know were gay, but they don't come out. And, and she goes, why? And he goes, because they don't want to deal with all the shit. And, he, and she goes, yeah, but I mean, you don't have to deal with all the shit. You just kind of ignore all the shit and don't allow yourself to even pay attention to it and he goes and she goes that just sucks because they're not really able to enjoy their life fully because of worrying about and I get it and it's, it sounds really good and it sounds really empowering and the reality is you can't I don't think I can't even Kristen Stewart sounding is you know unbothered by all of this shit I'm sure that's not necessarily absolute but you do get to a point where it's like you know where it's going to be so you avoid it um but in this case, I want to be accessible to people. I like it. I like having feedback because so many, our listeners, you know, it was one of the things that Mark Montavani said today when we were talking about, and he was very complimentary of the podcast, which was cool, and how he thinks the, the podcast, he goes, still, I have people come up and talk to me about that podcast. He goes, I really think it helped the campaign, um, which, I mean, what, what, a, what a great compliment. Um, but he, you know, he was talking about, um, the ability for people to come on and, and give their perspective and he's he's grateful for that and he thinks it's something that people appreciate and that's that's cool but I, he said but people know they're going to be able to talk when they come on um, and I said yeah because I'm not looking to turn it into a cable news interview where okay Mark I understand you're saying this but how can you explain your support of Eric Greitens you know, uh, whatever, whatever kind of little catch of that. And you can do that with anybody. You can do it with me. Fuck, you can do it with me on a million things. But people change. And I think if there's one thing that bonds many liberals and conservatives right now, it's that, yeah, people's lives shouldn't be turned upside down for something that they did 20 years ago or that they tweeted five years ago. It's something that I think is a unifying premise, uh, no matter who you think uh, should be in the White House or uh, where you are on social issues. And so with regard to um, accessibility, you know, okay, so I get some hate mail here or there. Somebody sends something or posts something, you know, designed to upset me. Okay. But I mean, would I, and it sucks, but in the whole scheme of things, it, it's outweighed by the ability to communicate with the audience and get feedback. I want that. Um, so the juice is worth the squeeze. Second paragraph, next question. Along the same lines, being on the air 15 hours a week, plus an additional two to three in various podcasts or online digital forums, your listeners and the public feel like they know you. Based on the 20 or so hours of content you put out per week, are there any sentiments or publicly held opinions about you that you find yourself having to push back against? This one, this one could turn into like a five-part podcast right here. Um, one sentence is a supposition that right out of the gate I have to disagree with, but I understand it. And I, I, I suppose I agree with it. I just disagree with it actually being real. And that is along the same lines, being on the air 15 hours a week, plus an additional two to three in various podcasts or online digital forms, your listeners and the public feel like they know you. And I'm like, yeah, you, but you don't. Um, 
and then and but but it's almost like by saying that that might come off the wrong way. I, I guess you know things that I like and things that I dislike, um, but I don't. I, I it's it's just one of those things. But I get it, and I, I guess if anything, it's almost like it's 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 perhaps it's part of the reason why the show um, has a following. I guess, but it's um, you know it's certainly not. Because I think there's this thing, it's like the cat jokes about, oh, Tim's one of the cools, or I want to be like Tim, and Tim's so cool. I'm just like, God, I don't, I mean, because <laughs> I'm, like, I'm actually living it. I'm just like, it's not, I mean, it's, you know, listen, I, what, what I love about what I get to experience are things that I would imagine nobody else would really be all that, because you have children, I would imagine, many of you have children. Uh, that's what I love. You have a wife, you have a family. Those are the things I love. Those are the, those are the aspects of my life I love. Um, that's you know what I do now, and that's you know I guess maybe like five years ago with trips to Las Vegas. I think I appreciate. I think maybe I look at myself. <laughs> I look at 2014 Tim as uh, with some set of uh, going. Oh yeah, that was pretty cool. I don't know if I was cool, but what I got to do was cool because I can't do that anymore. But I'm fine with it. The trade off is I have this person in my life in my son who is just the greatest thing in the world to me and my wife as I'm sure your children are to you or for those of you who will have children it's one of those things that like I always say anytime anybody talks about kids and you don't have kids I just wanted to you'll understand and I'm not going to be well you'll understand when you get here whatever that you will and I'm not going to be condescending about it because there's nothing I can say that's going to convey it properly so the point being, um, I am, uh, you know, I, I don't think I'm that interesting. <laughs> uh, really, in a, in a big way, as a matter of fact, I don't think that I'm that interesting. Um, and I say it from a real, like, kind of confused by those who may find me to be interesting. If you, If there was a camera following me around, you'd be, I've said this before, when people have come to work at Inside STL, and they do so because they love TMA. Um, and then they're around me when I'm not hosting TMA. And it's just got to be one of the greatest disappointments going. Because when I'm not doing TMA and when I was operating whichever business it was, Inside STL 920, um, it's business. It's work. And it's almost, it's almost, it might be better for people to come and work with me who aren't familiar with the show actually um because i'm serious as you probably can tell if you're listening to this podcast you know that who i am on this is different than who i am on tma but it's but they're both me uh it's just i'm probably more serious you know my wife and i i mean don't get me wrong we'll laugh our asses off about uh stupid random shit it's kind of part of the deal when you're you know you've been together um 11 years uh but when we like get into a conversation it's a serious conversation usually and I'm not talking about like about the two of us I'm just talking about when we really get you know energized it's by like a serious conversation so um I don't know so I'm, I'm both of those things um but this is the thing that and I, it's, hard, it's hard to answer the question because I don't know what the misconceptions are. I can guess what the misconceptions are. I can also kind of guess how they get started. So the second part was based on the 
20 or so hours of content you put out per week, are there any sentiments of public or publicly held opinions about you that you find yourself having to push back against? So I think where some of it comes from is, because uh, my mom does this actually, and I like push back on it with my mom and it'll be like about like her 10 second interaction with a golfer when she's down in Hilton Head during the RBC Heritage. He's a really nice guy. Well, it's because he like said hello to you as he went from tee box to tee box. But he said hello. That doesn't, you know, dictate his character. Um, I am just not when I'm when I'm when I'm. It's different. Actually, I should say this. I think. I think, and I'm sure somebody's going to be listening to this and go, "No, that's not." I can tell you that's not necessarily the case because this happened. But I think when somebody comes up to me in public and says, "I love the show," I. I'm it's and it's not oh I've got to I've got to turn it on now I'm I'm flattered so I'm on it's like a it's like an injection of positivity and energy so I'm on so I enjoy those interactions in a in a in a major way I truly do so if you ever see me and you can see me under the average height people and uh, want to talk I'm I'm all for it I really am I that's that's across the board I know some. People are like, well, not if I'm with my family or not, but I, I don't know. I, I always enjoy it because that means we have a common interest, and I enjoy that. Um, so there's there's that. But then like at TMA Lives, if people want to come and talk, that's work, and, and I'm in work mode there, and I don't like to – but it's tough because that might be the only time for somebody to talk. So when it's over, I'm cool, but then at the same time, a lot of times I'm trying to get home to see my son to put him to bed – uh, and so I want to get out of there quickly. And I think people watch that. Some people, I mean, you're talking about, you know, not, a, 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 you know, like 5,000 people and go, oh, Doug sits around and he talks with everybody and Tim gets out of there. And that's that, that that's accurate. But it's not because I'm not grateful to the people who have come. It's because I'm try, first off, I'm in work mode. And uh, secondly, I'm trying to get home to put my son to bed. That's what my goal is um it's just kind of i don't know it's how i am but if i were to see the same people and i weren't in work mode and we were at a different place and i'm not going to do the show or have to worry about putting jameson to bed uh, or wanting to try to put him to bed totally different totally different thing uh as far as i guess it's kind of um perception stuff um I think I've, 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 I've become a paradox for some people and I kind of enjoy it and that it used to be if somebody didn't like my opinions, I could be dismissed as like porn boy, you know, or he's the guy who goes to strip bars and then therefore dismiss the opinion because not the merit of the actual opinion, but um, dismiss me as a person. Well, he, his, his, his opinion can't be accurate because he likes pornography or his opinion can't be accurate because he gets drunk and goes to the strip bars. And I own both those things, although I haven't been to the strip bars in a long time. I'd certainly be happy to go. Um, and, I, and I'm just yeah, that's who I am. I enjoy a threesome, foursome, uh, enjoy the strip bars, I'm in constant pursuit of lesbianism, uh, don't think sex is a bad thing. Matter of fact, uh, sex is what led to the, the, the thing that's the most important in my life, and I don't know why it's demonized, but whatever, I know that it is in some parts of culture. 
so whatever, it's fine. And, and the, the people who are of that mindset aren't people I really want to hang out with anyway. So if anything, it kind of, it kind of provides a, uh, um, you know, uh, a filter. Um, so the people now who, who are loyal listeners of TMA, I think they just kind of know, okay, this is, this is who he is. I don't necessarily like the porn talk, but I like the show or I love that somebody's on there talking about this stuff that I like and nobody else will talk about it. I don't know, but I, I talk about what I'm interested in. Um, as, as we've kind of, that's essentially the operational philosophy of the radio show. We kind of got to a point, it took a while to go, yeah, why are we talking about shit we don't care about? Why the fuck would we do that? We're not going to do it. So, okay, if somebody's into some topic, God bless. And if I'm not into it, I can, I can hang out. I don't need to be engaged in the discussion. If they're engaged, it's going to be good radio. Uh, same thing goes if Doug and the cat aren't into something I'm talking about. So it, it, it works both ways. Um, I think along the lines, I think I'm theorizing here, um, that people who I've crossed paths with, who it didn't work out for them, uh, then help pass along, um, false narratives. And as it turns out, you know, um, it's just, it's just, it's natural. I don't like it, but I, again, I can't do anything about it. And it's, it's gossip and people gossip and I gossip and to act like I, I'm like somehow above it and people who do or below or below me or whatever, it'd be, it'd be disingenuous. If anything, the truth is I don't like it when it's about me. So, but, but I can't change it. So I don't also spend a whole lot of time on it. I was playing golf with someone, um, God, a couple months ago and, um, you know, I got divorced, God, I don't even, 11 years ago now, 12 years ago. Uh, and, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, people get divorced. I got divorced. Um, and I have, I don't have a bad thing to say about my ex-wife. And that's not an, an act or something that I have to say anytime I bring it up because of the, uh, you know, the settlement, I guess is what it's called. It's just, it's just, it, I, you know, I was a shitty husband and a big time different human being um, in those years than I am now. Not to say that I'm wonderful now, but, you know, I mean, shit, if anything, good for her. And uh, I want her to be happy. And um, so whatever, that's not the point. What is the point is I was just having, a, it wasn't even like, I mean, my God, it's been 11 years, so it's not like something that's really at the forefront of my mind. Um, but somehow we were talking about divorce and I said, yeah, I said, it's just, you know, I said, it's a weird thing because I could tell there were some people who really were enjoying it. Uh, I'm talking about like listeners. It's an odd thing, but it just kind of, it's one of those things that you accept and you don't like, but you just kind of deal with it and that's the way that it is uh and that was you know the show wasn't nearly as popular then uh as it is now and um and so I you know it, it was it was it was relatively speaking limited but still wasn't pleasant and people were enjoying it uh hand again not by any means the majority but just you knew it and you know, certain things I mean just like gross things um and, uh, and this person was telling me that he went and saw, um, a doctor and somehow, I mean, this is fucked up. This, this took me aback. Like, like, like it's kind of, 
tough at this point to hear some kind of gossipy thing and go, yeah, you know, or see a social media post and go, yeah, I'm shocked. But this one, so he's seeing this doctor and somehow my name comes up and the doctor goes, oh yeah, he's getting divorced. And he goes, yeah, you know, I'm friends with him, whatever. And she goes, oh, I could tell you some things. <laughs> I'm going, okay, you're a doctor? And you're like going to get into like Us Magazine shit on an AM radio, a local AM radio host, you know? And the reality of the whole thing is, is whatever and whatever is, you know, it's whatever, I'm not going to get into it. But I, I mean, I know the truth and, and it, you know, and it's kind of like that. Here we are, whatever, 11 years later with regard to, um, you know, some of the, the, where I think some of it could come from would be people who don't like me, who would, I guess for lack of a better term, it didn't work out for them. Um, and so then that kind of can be, become a, a source of, uh, of negativity, but I can't do anything about it. So when you ask, uh, Timmy recaps, um, are there any sentiments of publicly held opinions about you that you find yourself having to push back against? I really don't know necessarily what they are. I just have an idea of what goes on. Um, and, and I, and I, I, because I don't want, I don't want to, uh, be misleading with it and say, uh, I don't care because that wouldn't be accurate. But what would be accurate is um, I can't do anything about it, and I'm well aware of that. So if somebody presents uh, a fact that I know not to be true, then I will ideally, very politely and calmly say, well, I understand what you're saying, but that, in fact, is not correct. Here is what is correct. Um but that's usually regarding the radio show, the podcast, business, whatever, you know, regarding, you know, this person said he went to school with Tim and Tim did this, or this person worked on TMA and he said, Tim did this. It's just, okay. It's like, ask a, you know, who's a great source to get dirt, an ex-girlfriend, you know, or an ex-wife or an ex-husband or ex-boyfriend, whatever the case might be. And if you want it, you can get it. Um, but I'm very uh, cognizant of you can't do anything about it. And again, it's not, it's so I, but there's a difference. There's, I, I, so I don't want to say I don't care because I do, but at the same time, I can't do anything about it. Um, and so I, it's kind of like, so it's a waste of time. And one of the things, if there's, if there's anything anybody gets out of any questions from the audience, it would be the stuff that I've cited with Bert Kaufman, the owner of 920, who like just very concisely in a time of absolute dire straits uh, said just like, and it was, they were, it was like, they, they both came at, you know, um, within five minutes of each other and they were all related, but they're like pearls of wisdom from six years ago that I still utilize, which is never get in a public argument with a liar, like a compulsive liar, because you can't win because they're just going to lie. Um, so that's, you know, that, that it's kind of, a, it's, it, and that's the thing. It's, it's that simple. And then secondarily, don't waste your time on things that don't have any upside. And so, in this case, with this kind of um, thought process and this question, they both apply that if somebody's really out there to kind of shit on me because they're pissed about it not working out for them, uh, I can't do anything. They're going to, you know, I mean, I guess I'd suppose what I would say if somebody's like, oh, I wonder if this is true. 
I'd like to think my track record is pretty damn good. I mean, I've been in the market for 20 years. Um, you know, I mean, I've worked with the same group of people for 15 years. If we didn't get along, uh, or at the very least have uh, respect for each other and treat each other well, you wouldn't be able to have, you know, what we've had three producers on the show. Uh, and I'm talking about like three of the head producers, um, I guess four. Uh, you know, that's, you know, that's a, that's really rare. Uh, so I don't know, but I mean, but then it gets to the second thing, which is don't spend time on something that doesn't have any upside. And it's not to say it doesn't have any upside. I'm happy to talk about it. I talk about it with people at a bar and talk about it all day long. Um, it's just in a way I'm kind of like, I don't know what I'm, what I'm, uh, trying to push back against because I don't know what it is. I really, I don't, I, cause because I know what my life is, and my life is constantly looking for a way to um, build business and hanging out with the guys from 7 to 10, doing a podcast, usually sitting in the studio with Gangster Pete and bullshitting, and working out, and then spending time with my wife and my son, and my wife's parents or my parents, and occasionally we'll see friends, certainly not nearly as much as we used to before we had our son, and that's that's kind of the, that's kind of it. When the weather's warm, I play golf with usually the same group of people, and that's that's it. That's that's kind of that's kind of it. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, <laughs> I don't know. that's the thing. That's why it's like, yeah, it's not all that fascinating. If we do a reality show and follow me around, it would be the worst fucking reality show ever because it'd be a short bald guy sitting on a couch with a laptop on his lap, you know, or reading uh or singing songs to his son you know it just wouldn't it wouldn't nobody would watch um but yeah but that goes back to the whole thing of the uh, element of of um interest uh, that leads to some sometimes and again i'm talking about 0.01 percent of obsession it's an odd thing and i don't know i still i really want theories on that i really do like i like in a big way want theories on that because it led to a good discussion, and, and, the, and, the, and the one that I'm going with right now is the accessibility. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Can't emphasize enough how important it is to have a, a financial advisor, but then it's not just any financial advisor. It's somebody who who knows but cares. Again, plenty of people can know but cares, and Mark Hanna helps everyday people every day get their finances organized. You can call him at 314-889-0503. That's 314-889-0503, or go online to evergreenstl.com. His name is Mark Hanna. He is with Evergreen Wealth Strategies. And I can tell you from getting to know Mark here over the last year that this is a first-class person who has your best interests at heart and just calling him at 314-889-0503 is going to make you feel better and you're on the right track. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, 314-889-0503 or go online at evergreenstl.com. All right, what else do we have here? Boomers shit on millennials for years. Millennials finally strike back with OK Boomer, etc. Now it's age discrimination. Pot, meat, kettle. Thanks. That comes from the Gen Xer. This OK Boomer thing, I wasn't even aware of it a week ago. And now I feel like I can't not see it. What a, I mean, holy shit. Things come and go so much more quickly now. Uh, <laughs> and this is where it is. So what is my, because I don't believe I fall into... Um, I guess, I, I guess, I don't think, because I saw, like, the definition of millennial was, like, 79 to, I, 
I don't know what the the, the, the cutoff was. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'm kind of close to a millennial, but I certainly don't consider myself a millennial. Obviously, I'm not a boomer. So I guess this is the Gen Xer saying that those of us kind of in the middle. Um, I Here's my, I have zero invested in it, that it was the boomers who were shitting on the millennials for a while and now the millennials are pushing back and the boomers are hypersensitive about it that's that that's my that's my and i have no skin in the game as somebody who's in uh in neither category observing it and it was like this thing of like oh millennials are so soft and all this and i'm going okay i don't know maybe they are i don't fucking know i i I just you know I, i feel like people bitched about my generation and people bitched about the boomer generation i'm sure when they were in their 20s and 30s so you know, the, the what I think is this is kind of like a cat take, which is not my intention, but it's, but it's how I really feel. Which is, the reality is every generation has some incredibly self motivated people, and every generation has some soft people, and inevitably, because ideally we continue to progress through time, the generation that came before will look at the next generation and say, "Oh, you have it much better," because you do have it much better. I hope my son has it much better. And I had it better than my parents. And my parents had it better than their parents. And so on. So, shit. I mean, some of the technological advancements that are going on right now are coming from people who are in their teens. Um, And I think that's a great thing. And I think it's a wonderful thing also (laughs) that one of the things that has been demonized playing video games is now something that you can make not only a living, but make a shitload of money on. And you can go, well, there's only a handful of people doing that. Okay, there's only a handful of people doing the NBA thing or the NHL thing too. So, you know, but that's celebrated because it's activity. I don't know, man. If anything, I don't know. Fuck, my most traumatic time of my life or one of my most traumatic times of my life was getting cut from every goddamn thing I tried out for at St. Louis U High. Uh, that wasn't a real positive experience. Um, so there's my assessment. So I guess that means I side with the millennials, but, uh, I think, you know, anybody who's really getting worked, I do, but I, but I also here, and I talked about this on last week's QFTA. I do think the marginalizing of old people and whether this be 30 years ago or 50 years ago or 20 years from now or whatever, uh, again, I don't know. I mean, I, is somebody who doesn't have skin in the game. I think I think it is such a miss on a resource when people in whatever age group are marginalized. I really do. I mean, I think it is a huge miss. If I were in position to hire somebody in their 50s or 60s, are they still wanting it's like and you go or 70s and it's like or 70s really and I'm like okay well look at what three of the top four presidential candidates right now are in their 70s. Um, so, you know, it's not like you get to hit 70 and it's over at all. Hell, you can, you can run for president and win, um, that, uh, to have wisdom and experience, God, you can't, you cannot buy that. I think it's so untapped, but on the other side of it, if you're like in a shit on somebody because they like to play video games or, you know they're hooking up with both women and men and like, Oh, millennial or what, you know, or they, you know, whatever it is that it makes you uncomfortable because you didn't do whatever. It's like, okay, fine. It's just different. And it doesn't impact me in any way. So some dude sits on plays Fortnite for 12 hours. I just, whatever. Okay. Shit. I used to play poker for 18 hours in a row. 
And in the Fortnite, they're probably not losing as much money as I was at a point. So it's just kind of one of those things. I don't, it's different, so I don't like it, you know? So, but I also think like the okay boomer thing, it's kind of like, oh, now, now I'm going to disregard. But again, it's, it's, it's a case-by-case thing. The reality is it's a case-by-case thing. But who started it? The older people started on the millennials. That's, that's my assessment on it. Uh, what else? How long have I gone? Hour and 11 minutes. I'll go maybe one or two. I haven't even gone into the emails yet. Let's see if there's anything. This was a good one. And this is from a gentleman I don't see posting often. Um, if you could only watch, the, the problem is I don't have an answer. Uh, if you could only watch one political commentator slash TV anchor for the 2020 election cycle, who would it be? God, what a good question. I welcome your emails on this one, too. T. McKernan, InsideSTL.com. Who's your answer? Oh, because I truly, truly seek the information and not the opinion. What was I listening to? Who was I listening to? Oh, Trevor Noah on Howard Stern. And he's going, I used to, when I started The Daily Show, seek out all of this information. And then it got to a point where I'm like, Watching cable news is is pointless because I'm not getting news and I'm getting opinion. And it, and it, it truly is the truth. Um, it's not across the board, but it certainly is. It's, it's, and it's the delivery, this condescending delivery. God, and I, you know, when I'm working out and I'm doing cardio and you have all the TV monitors in front of you and it's like, I don't know if I feel like they have to do it now. But you have Fox News on, you have MSNBC on, you have CNN on, and it's like, I got to give everybody something so it can't have anybody bitching that the gym's biased. And so I see him, and so, you know, I'm, I'm not watching this shit. Uh, I'm listening to music or a podcast or whatever, but I see the headlines that come across the graphics, and I'm just like, oh, God, I see what you're... Like, you see what I'm... It's not like I'm like some wizard. You see, you guys see it, too. And it's so manipulative. Let me, let's me let talk about this issue, which is so unimportant, but it's going to get this particular audience fired up. It's nauseating. Oh, God, it's so brutal, and it creates all this shit. So to answer the question, though, before I go off on some kind of fucking diatribe here, oh, man, God. I mean, see, it used to be, like, I go back to the 2000 election, and what do you have? You had Brokaw. Peter Jennings and Dan Rather um, for that night. And uh, Jennings is no longer with us. Rather has kind of been cast aside and Brokaw is not in the greatest of health. Um, but I felt like, you know, like Rather made his, he'd already made his name, obviously, but the, he became famous for that night because he was using all these bizarro world um, phrases to describe the, 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 the returns coming in with uh, Bush and Gore. Um, but I felt like Brokaw, and now maybe some of you who are conservative would go, no, no, he was liberal. I don't, I didn't see it that way, but maybe I, I just didn't see it that way. Um, so now, in 2020, how will I view this? In 2020, I don't even know who the anchors are. And would Lester Holt be hosting it on NBC? See, I feel like he's a guy who's, who's, just reporting, you know. Um, uh, I don't even know who the people, I don't, I, the, 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 actually, I'm, as I'm racking my brain, I don't know who the people are. Um, I like the panels on CNN, but I feel like, and I don't know if Fox does this also, 
but I feel like they get the derpiest of conservatives. And so it's kind of like, it's like, you're not getting, you know, you kind of get like the, the parody conservatives on there where it's just like a, you know, it's like, you know, it's like when you're fighting glass Joe and Mike Tyson's punch out. There's a, there's a reference that is going to have an age cut off. Um, but it's like, okay, yeah, we beat up on him or her, but you know, they, she's a plant because we know she's weak or he's weak. Uh, but I like that because there are some people and it's funny the way I handle it. I actually, the honest answer I'm putting myself back in there is if someone on the panel who I'm just like, Oh crap, starts going, then I flip around. So that's the way I approach it. But I want to try to answer your question. Now I'm sure some conservatives would say, Oh my God, you gotta be kidding me. But I, I think Anderson Cooper handles things in a really, you know, I don't know. I think he calls it how he sees it. I'm sure, though, that I would imagine some conservatives are going, oh, my God, first off, you're going CNN, and then secondly, you're going Anderson Cooper. I don't know. I can't watch, and I feel like I say this every podcast, I can't watch Don Lemon for anything. Um, so... You know, and I don't think Chris Wallace is in a position where he handles that coverage. I like Chuck Todd's coverage, but I also recognize what it is. And I think Chuck Todd is so disenfranchised by what he has had to try to cover over the last five years that he doesn't know what the hell to do. And he can't help, but even if he's not trying to be, come off. It's just, it just, it. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't. I, at the same time, I don't know how you not. I'd be curious how they covered Watergate. I'd be curious if you went back and looked at like I assume Cronkite was on that. Maybe I'm off the mark. Maybe he wasn't. Um, but uh, I'd be curious how that was delivered. You know, as we're dealing with the impeachment um, story now, because it's 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 just also packaged to give the bubble what they want. So I don't know. I really, I truly don't know. I truly don't know. I guess my honest answer is when it, when it comes down to it, it's going to be Anderson Cooper and the panel. But if there's a certain, you know, group of people on the panel, then I'm going to have to fade it. So that, 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 that the panel actually will dictate, not the anchor. Uh, I just arrived at my answer. I had to workshop it, but that's my honest answer. All right. Is there anything else? Uh, all right. Let me go into the emails because I haven't answered one email yet. Um, let's see. Uh, we've kind of had this, a couple things going on here that, that, like, like I always say, family tree stuff. The St. Charles thing has kind of gotten steam on, uh, on TMA and I don't know what happened, but Gangster Pete out of nowhere, who, who went to, who is from St. Charles, kind of shit on St. Charles out of nowhere. And it led to this whole St. Charles thing. And, um, and, and, and I am of the opinion that there is a Venn diagram of hypersensitivity from St. Charles residents and Mizzou fans. And certainly there's there's some overlap there. But I feel like if you're looking for a hypersensitive fan base, it's the University of Missouri fans, of which I am one. But I recognize it because I get killed by some of these Mizzou fans. And uh, and then for whatever reason, it's like if somebody were to shit on South St. Louis, I'd be like, OK, whatever. I mean, you know, we're Hoosiers. OK, sounds good. You know, I just like whatever. But, but for whatever reason, some St. Charles people really get upset when you shit on St. Charles. And I don't know what that's about, but, but I, I do observe it. Um, 
I don't know. Maybe you can have theories on that one too. So we got an email on that. Hey, Tim, not really a question, but just got done listening to your podcast. Wanted to chime in on the St. Charles thing. I'm a North County kid myself, and I would highly recommend the documentary Spanish Lake. It used to be on Netflix, and it basically revolves around the white flight that took place in North County, where a lot of residents moved out of North County, and a lot of those residents moved to St. Charles. Definitely opened my eyes to the racial issues in St. Louis and how long it's been a problem here. If you haven't seen it yet, check it out. I think it's something you might really find fascinating. Here is a link to the trailer if you get a chance to watch it. Would love to hear your thoughts on it. I have watched it. I watched it a few years ago, actually. I see it was made in 2014. Um, it was, it was, at the time, it, was, it truly was interesting. Honestly, though, I don't really remember much about it at this moment, a few years removed from it. But I do remember enjoying watching it, not like, oh, this is painful. It was painful, perhaps from the topic standpoint, um, but it wasn't like a painful watch. So I would recommend it as well. Maybe I'll go back and watch it. Um, so that's relevant. Let's see what this one was. Oh, and this is on the transplant topic from last week. Tim, I've been listening to the show since 2012, and I love you guys. I moved to St. Louis in November last year with my girlfriend. She has lived here her whole life, and I was talking to her about what you have been talking about on the show slash podcast. I only have friends here that were her friends prior to me, and it sometimes feels difficult to fit in here. I grew up my whole life in a small town in southern Illinois, so living in the city now has been difficult. I was robbed at gunpoint last week, and they stole my phone and credit cards uh, and ID. I now feel like it's not worth staying here because I feel like I'm a target. I hope I haven't bothered you, but this is why I love when you address these issues. It's hard for someone not from the STL to live here and have some sort of social life, too. Thanks for all you do. That's from Greg W. Man, I'm telling you, these these things about the transplant... Like, I, I, I've been under the impression it's not a positive and it's difficult for people to crack the nut that is St. Louis social scenes. But, God, some of these emails I've gotten, I've read them here over the last couple of weeks, they're really disheartening. Um, like, it's worse than I thought. Now, granted, they're, they're, you know, I've read, what, like three or four, so they're anecdotal. But holy shit. Like, they're, they're people that are writing these in are, like, really kind of depressed about it. It makes me feel dreadful about it. Um that sucks that goes without saying even if you were enjoying the hell out of your st louis experience that you were robbed last week at gunpoint oh man i don't know i don't the, the truth is i don't have a i don't have a solution you heard maybe you heard anthony bartlett on from st louis transplants and talking about how welcoming transplants into your social circle for me you know at this point our social life is so you know is relatively speaking non-existent um, with a two-year-old that you know we're not the people but what Anthony said is if you do have somebody who just moved here invite them to hang out with you and your friends that's the way that we can make it better for transplants in St. Louis um, and that helps the impression of St. Louis and there's a domino effect on that but man I'm telling you the emails I've got about this transplant thing they are they're uh, rough and I'm not talking about the people sending them in I'm just talking about the stories they're 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 eye-opening and how rough they are. Uh, you can always send in uh, questions for questions from the audience. Um, it's a wandering podcast every week here on the Tim McKernan Show. Tim McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Thank you to TheHomeLoanExpert.com, Ryan Kelly. Thank you to Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Thank you to James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. Thank you to Design Air Heating and Cooling, the number one train dealer in the Midwest, online at DesignAirService.com. And thank you to Johnny Landoff Chevrolet. 
Chevy Find New Roads. They're online at lineoff.com for sponsoring the podcast. Thank you to you for listening and sending questions, man. I love talking about it. Whatever it is, Tim McKernan at InsideSTL.com. This has been the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Peloton, let's go! This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.